Welcome back, listeners, to Matt Goes to the Movie, only official spinoff show in the extended podcast universe. We call this little slice of the internet Rob's Reviews. We've been out of the studio a bit lately enjoying the summer and ready to back to recording episodes to help you pass the time mowing the lawn, walking the dog, hitting the treadmill, or whatever you may find yourself doing at this very minute. This will be a first for us here in the EPU because we are going to deviate from talking about movies that have made a major impact on us over a long period of time to covering a video game that has been a longtime favorite, at least Matt and I have been reviewing a lot of video game film adaptions on the big show this year, and recently we covered the Mark Wahlberg Mila Kunis film adaption that was released in 2008 of Max Payne. And while that film largely is a big miss, it made me a little nostalgic to go back to the 2001 game release that I remembered very fondly. Critic has the Xbox version of the game at 89 out of 100. And while this game is actually pretty hard to track down right now, I was able to pick it up for nine bucks on the Xbox digital store. So to help me talk about a game I spent a lot of time playing and replaying, I've invited back a guest to help me break it down. The player two to my player one, the Luigi to my Mario. My brother Eric. Eric, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's awesome. Three sheets to the wind, as always. <laughs> it's it's the only way to do it. It's the only way to fly. So, Eric, this was a game that um, I definitely played a lot. This came out in two thousand one, and I spent a lot of time on this game, uh, playing it, replaying it on the harder levels. And I suppose um, I'll just get this out of the way to beginning. There's there's multiple difficulty modes that are available. There's fugitive, uh, which is fairly easy. There's hard boiled. Uh, just kind of more the harder mode, um, which is the the mode that I played on for this. And then once you beat that, um, then you open up another mode called Dead on Arrival in New York Minute. New York Minute's almost impossible. Did you ever actually beat this on New York Minute? Like when this yeah, first came out? God, I don't remember. No, absolutely not. The, I don't, it was brutal. Well, because, okay, 2001 or 2002 is what I wrote down. Maybe I'm wrong. But either way, I'm in the middle of my adolescence. I'm really tired of it at that point. Um I don't have the patience for New York Minute at that point in my life. And honestly, I mean, I played it on like whatever the easiest one was because I went into this trying to get beginning to end as quickly as I could without the stress of like having to replay really, really difficult moments because I'm trying to like take notes about the story, not how much I hate this part, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. and I got to be honest, I struggled. There were parts where I was like, uh, not good. <laughs> like yeah it, it so kind of made me feel a little bit like a uh kind of a rube yeah so you know when you go back to 2001 or 2002 i'm, I'm fairly certain this came out in 2001 i'll tell you what was kind of like a mind screw for me is okay so 2001 it you know you and i recording this is august of 2023 that's 22 years ago we are actually further away from the release of this game than this is from the release of the Nintendo Entertainment System in Super Mario Brothers in 1985. Think about that for a minute. Whoa, that's time comparison. That's crazy. I don't know how like, that's, that's possible when the 90s were just like 10 years ago. So <laughs> I know, yeah, that's um, yeah. My, my high school days were not that long ago. Like you know, grunge and flannel was was long ago. You guys. Um, yeah. Except it totally was at this point. And, and what's weird is it's all coming back now. My my 13-year-old has a Nirvana t-shirt that she wears and actually knows the music of the band, um, which is which is kind of awesome. Um, but yeah, the 90s that, are back, you guys. That, that's really funny when you see people with a Nirvana shirt, but it's Hanson. It's like a picture of Hanson. <laughs> oh, God. Like, if you, you know, if you know, you know, it's hilarious. But like some people wouldn't totally wouldn't get it. 
Yeah. I love that. Ugh. Hanson. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so I mean, to think about how far video games have come since this game came out, you know, there's there's like simple things. So for th- for those of you listening to this that wanted to check it out, maybe you maybe you've played this game or maybe you were never did and you were kind of curious. It, some of the things that we take for granted about modern video games, just you know, the conveniences of how modern video games are are done. And, and just the way that things are accessible and playable. And so something as simple as the targeting reticle. So in this game, it's a dot. It's like a pixel, like a pixel on the screen. And if you're slightly off, you don't hit the bad guy. And I think we've kind of gotten accustomed to. In, Even in if you're in, on it, you don't always hit him. <laughs> if, you're in the, like, if you're in the middle of like a dive and you like are firing a bullet, like they don't curve like wanted bullets. Yeah, like, that'd be cool if they had those. It would be really sweet, and I'm sure some game does have it. But, like, it, it, I noticed that it was a little bit tough to get used to that again. It was, yeah. it was the, the aiming is, is not forgiving at all. Like, you really do need to set up your sensitivity on your sticks uh, as far as the aiming goes because it's, it's not it, – it's, at first, it's very clunky. It is. And it's, it's tough to aim. You've got, you know, I think we're used to like in a lot of modern third and first person shooting games where, oh, you know, you hold the trigger down, which everything's yeah. super fast, like rubber bandy, like the pow, everything's snapping. Exactly. Snap. But there's, there's like the reticule will kind of expand as you shoot more. So, you know, if oh, you right go yeah. rapid fire, it'll kind of, it'll kind of open up, but there's like a, a range, you know, there's kind of a circle that your shots will land within reliably. Um, and this game, it's just literally a single pixel on your screen yep. and it can make it for, uh, you know, occasionally some frustrating moments in some of the big shootouts. Fortunately, the bad guys, they don't quite have stormtrooper aim, but it's, they're not great. Like they kind of suck at being bad guys. You know what um, there's different points. really good at that. It's like annoying is the like instant shot from around a corner. Like they just, they're sitting there talking and being doofuses and like then immediately their gun is up and already aimed at you as your your eyebrow comes around the corner like they're really really quick with that and that was frustrating and that's i mean that's what made the bullet time necessary yeah you, know, to, you just every single corner you had to dive around it which i mean it's kind of cool you know but it's the whole I, mechanic I of the it, game yeah i sort of i mean i get like that's their hook but like it was annoying when i thought let me save this bullet time for the next encounter because I don't need to spend it all right here, you know? Yeah. You know, trying to get around corners and things like that. Um, you know, there's definitely times where you just literally walk right into somebody and it's, and there's an explosion or if somebody has got a grenade or there's some kind of exploding object or, or something like that, you know, you'll literally walk right into it. Um, and not even know it. I'll tell you the one thing that really jumped out to me is kind of like a modern convenience of, of games that we've gotten used to over the last, and I'm not even really sure when it started something as simple as a threat indicator. So there'll be plenty of times you're in a firefight in a, in a hallway, let's say, uh, or a warehouse and there's upstairs and downstairs, there's left and right, there's entrances all over the place and you're definitely getting shot at, but there's really oh, yeah. no way to know where the bullets are coming from. Yeah, because there's cover everywhere. And they also will put guys where you really can't get to. Yep. So, like, they're, they're in an area that's inaccessible for the purposes of the game, but to, like, you don't necessarily know to look that in that spot or, you know, you can't get to that spot a different way. So you have to address that person from the level you're at. And it's it's tough. And by level, I mean elevation. 
Um, yeah. it, and you really did have to look around. And it's it's a dark game too. Like if you play it on the brightness settings you're supposed to, it's tough to see uh, some guys. And yeah. if you don't actually see like where the bullets are hitting and, and the muzzle flash, then you're you're probably going to be reloading the same. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, one of the lessons I learned and I'll, I'll talk about it at different points here, but the quick save feature, uh, there's definitely times I forgot to utilize it and regretted it deeply. Oh yeah. Um, that's, that's the, the, uh, the pattern you forget and then you, you overuse it for the next 27 minutes. Yeah. You take like you, a step and uh-huh. quick, <laughs> quick, save, save. quick save, yeah, quick save, quick save. And they're like, Oh, this looks like it's sketchy. Quick save. That's called yeah. save scumming in, in the gamer industry, I'm told. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely use that I'm, in Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I don't have, like, I might get an hour to play. Sometimes I'm save scumming. I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah. have time to replay a whole thing. Okay. And not only that, I have nobody to impress by saying I beat this. No. I'm like, I'm not live streaming this on Twitch to prove to everybody I did it in one sitting without taking yeah. damage. Like, I'm not that no. guy. I play video games to have fun. Yeah, that's not my tape measure anymore. When I was in college, it was like, hey, let's see, you can 1v1 me on, you know, any level. I don't care, but lockout for real. But anyways, yeah. I like, not anymore. Don't care. I'll save it. I'll quick save until that feature burns itself into my TV. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's you got to use it. Yeah. So you definitely need to, to use it because you'll find all kinds of times that you'll just, you know, you'll, you'll get through something you thought was pretty easy. And then you walk around a corner and there's, you know, a, a barrel that exploded and you just have did to you, start over or a grenade just you, randomly gets thrown yeah. and you're stuck. Like you can't jump out of the way of the grenade. I was going to ask you, did you find, I noticed this after like the third one, cause it is like, there's, there's like five or six guaranteed. This is an area where they're going to throw a nade at you. Cause it's like scripted. Okay. Oh yeah. Did you find that it's almost always appropriate to just continue moving forward? Because I think if, if I, I didn't really, I should have written them down, but I didn't, but I would be willing to, to wager at least your salary on. Um, and by that, I mean like you actually putting your money up, not me. <laughs> I would do that <laughs> on every single grenade encounter, maybe plus or minus one will, be solved by you just moving forward, continue moving forward, either sprinting, running, jumping, diving, bullet timing, whatever it is. So I typically found that when a grenade would get thrown, um, this was kind of the progression that, that I discovered is that the grenade would get thrown, I would get blown up and they would have that little uh, slow motion event of Max being tossed into the air like a rag doll. And then yep. they would take me back to the quick save that I forgot to do. That was like 20 minutes of gameplay ago. And then I would get to that same point. I would quick save. I would trigger the grenade throw and then just run away, wait for it to explode and then go in myself. Um, speaking of grenades, let's talk about how useless they kind of are in this game Ooh, because yeah. to really even get to use there's there's so there's two throwables plus a grenade launcher. The grenade launcher definitely has its uses, especially on the last level. Uh, the grenades are kind of tough to use because there's not really an aiming mechanism. Give and, you an arc. Nope. And you end up kind of either throwing it and it explodes in your it's face. Fire for effect, dude. You just got to throw yeah. one and see where it lands and adjust from there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It either bounces off the wall in front of you um, or it lands in an area that literally nothing or, it, you know, and good thing. That, everybody. Yeah. The, the guys are pretty dumb. You. So yeah, you can pretty much just throw hard. and get them. There yeah. was a couple places where it did make my my bitch work easier, for lack of a better term. Um, 
the easy mop up like oh there's i know there's gonna be three guys clustered it's like when you're running across yeah. the rooftops chasing that one boss and there's a part where you're on like a, a scaffolding or a catwalk and there's guys down below there's a dumpster it's right at the end of that segment where you actually do like start shooting him but yeah. there's multiple groups that can be addressed with growables in that area i found because i replayed it several times because I don't talk about it, but either way, I, I played that area a lot. So I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a couple others where you could just huck a nade. If it was solid enough of a throw, it would maybe eliminate at least a guy that's annoying. You know, it, it was good to get somebody who's behind cover. That's just a pain that you can't, you know, deal with traditionally while everybody else is still alive. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what was interesting. So we talked about some of the things that work in terms of, or I should say don't work when you kind of compare it to how sort of modern games are made. Uh, I'll tell you the one thing that I liked about this throwback is that I wasn't worried about trying to collect achievements. And I know you're big on achievements, so maybe you didn't, you weren't really into well, this, but... I used to be. Yeah. It does. I mean, when I get one, it's like, hell yeah. Or like, if it's like achievable for me to achieve the achievement, then like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. But like, it's not even remotely close on my radar anymore. I've replayed so many games at this point that don't have achievements that it doesn't matter. It's it's all about the fun anymore. So with this one, there's no collectibles. There's no, no. Fe- there's no feathers. There's no like tagging points. There's, yeah, there's no, no like Riddler trophies. Puzzles. None of that. There's none of the nope. things that, that cause you to have to open up every single drawer and look in for every secret. Uh, really, They do reward some exploration, though. Like, you can find some painkillers, which are crucial. Well, painkillers and ammo. That's it. It's, yes. it's everything. All of the searching in this is specifically for resources. objects you need. Yeah, resources yeah, re- you need to actually do the game. Not collectibles. Resources. Yeah. yeah. There's... Be. There's no skill trees. There's no crafting. There's no upgrading. There's no DLC. Disparage those things because uh, I'm a huge RPG fan. So I love me a skill tree. But everything doesn't need a skill tree. Not everything. You're right. I I could go back on my own personal real life skill tree and like change some shit. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to reallocate some points. Yes. <laughs> I'd like Can to I just I'd like... get all of XP to date. Can I get that and reallocate? Like yeah. so fast. Oh man. I would be I would be a god mode if I could just yeah. reallocate. I'd, I'd reallocate XP from knowledge of nineties rap lyrics to just like general intelligence and like financial acumen. No, That's where I'd yeah. reallocate. I, I would I would go, I would narrow it down so sharply. Yeah. When you think about just like the modern games, like everything has EXP now. Like every game has some kind of RPG element where you're you're growing your character. There's skill trees and everything. You're playing now. a long crafting. game. You're like setting up for new game plus. Yeah. You know, this is not, this is pure. Just the game. It's just shoot everything. Kill everything. Yeah. There's, uh, there's not a good guy, right? Like, I mean, like, I don't think it's possible to friendly fire. No. At all. No, I don't think there is any. Of that. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's a time where there's like a cop or something. And no, I mean, no, there's, there's not. plenty of like, you know, like npcs that are on your side or you know would not oh you know what there's um to die there's like some scientists in a lab i think you're not supposed to shoot isn't there uh, yeah there might Maybe. be I don't, eh, I mean, you might be thinking of uh goldeneye facility but 
So we kind of talked a little bit about whether or not this is worth playing. And and for you, the listener, you know, it's up to you to decide, I guess, at this point, um, not this is worth going back to. I, I would say, is it worth playing if you can pick it up for nine bucks like I did and you enjoyed this in the early aughts? Um, yeah, it's definitely worth going back and, and checking out again. Um, if you've never played this, I mean, you're kind of curious what it was like. I think it does give you an appreciation for what we have now. It's it's weird going back and playing old games compared to new games. So like my son, um, you know, Eric, your nephew, he he's like really into old games for some reason. Like all of the stuff that gets re-released on the Nintendo Switch console where yeah. it's like the old NES games, the old Super NES games, the old Genesis games. Like those things are hard and he's like really into them. And it's that's oh. strange to be like, well, when I say hard, I mean like Mega Man. Like he's really into Mega yeah. Man. It's, it's amazing. And it's one thing where like in film, I think, you know, you can look at films from the sixties and the seventies and the eighties and, and they can hold up still, they can still be enjoyable. Certainly special effects have changed a lot, but I, I think it's different a in good gaming. story and good thing is a good story and good acting. doesn't matter what yeah. decade it was. I mean, think how many times Shakespeare has been done and redone and done again. It's the, and the adapted the, and, and yeah, the text you know, holds remixed. up. Yeah, but gaming's a little bit different. So uh, you, the listener, you can kind of decide if you feel like we've enticed you to check this out like we did or uh, or not. So um, we're going to get into our, our next segment here. It's called Least and Likes. And we're going to start with uh, stuff that we like and uh, stuff that particularly well or something that would probably entice somebody uh, to really, um, you know, maybe check this out if, if they haven't. And I'll kind of start with, one of the real charming parts of this game uh, mm-hmm. to me and parts of it that make that I have the fond memories of is just, you forget how, just how many analogies and drawn out similes there are. I, I really oh, have kind yeah. of missed it. They're great. Right. To set it up, it's presented as a graphic novel or, or, you know, some film noir, mm-hmm. you know, detective novel. It's, it's poetic and sometimes I think maybe not, maybe it definitely a lot of times, most of the time is too much to be considered charming. I literally wrote when you said, <laughs> when you said charming, and I laughed, my reaction was because I was just reading my note about this and it, it was perhaps too much to be charming. Because there, is, <laughs> there, I will agree with you. The reason I picked that word, I chose that word deliberately is because it is charming. A lot of the time, there's stuff that Max says that pulls off his tongue, and it sounds really great. But then there's other ones that's like that sounds rehearsed, like that sounds yeah. like a writer's room thing, where it was it was like finely honed uh, to be this this canned, manufactured line. It's just every cop detective t- procedural law show slash movie cliche smashed together and then rolled into a ball like a ball of clay and then that the hydraulic press that's on the internet that squishes everything like i love those videos that. and then like five little things shoot out of the holes max Payne, right there <laughs> some some of that stuff just lands and some of it doesn't but it's still pure enjoyment yeah you know it's funny you mentioned the hydraulic press so yeah some of those videos i love those by the way and, yes. I, and I think the parts of this game that work well are when it's something squishy that like it gets squishes down and then it shoots up like crazy to the side. That's good. I like that. 
when this game doesn't work, it's like just like when a piece of glass just explodes, like it just starts to press it a little bit, it explodes, and like that's it, that's the end of the yeah, video. Yeah, it just it just shatters, and it's like eh. yeah, swipe up. Um, yes. So some other things that I think are really well done. By the way, you mentioned the graphic novel style presentation of it. Um, I should have tried to look this up a little bit better, but the the story that I had always heard about this game was they they went with that graphic novel presentation style because they they weren't at a position where they could do like full motion like cutscenes the way that we're kind of used to now with like animated cutscenes and things like that there was there was problems trying to get that to work so their solution their workaround was to do it graphic novel style and ultimately it ended up working really well i think that's oh, one of the things this game run. is most known for back then it was like oh my god you can see their facial expression but like now you look at it it's like it looks like a carved pumpkin yes <laughs> it's not it's not good okay yeah. but that presentation was really really sick because it did make you feel like it made everything darker so like it turned every single thing that was already pretty messed up and pretty dark and it it darkened it at least another degree and it's really kind of like the art style too because it's more of a watercolor uh, than it is like comic oh, yeah. book style it's not and that, no sharp lines anywhere at all it's yeah it's, everything is spilled out like it's just it's all spilled and it's chaos that's what the game is and the um i would also say the the score for this game ruins itself so well to just that mood too yeah it's there's a lot of you know string instrument and they they it's almost um godfathery and it it does work together really well i like it also has nothing at all to do with the uh, playlist, but we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. We're, the playlist is back for those of you that have missed it. Um, something else that I think really works, having the crazy blizzard be sort of the backdrop to the events of this. I think that's a really effective way to kind of pull all the NPCs off the field so that you can literally just know that everybody you run into is a bad guy and you can just take them out there. Isn't that super convenient and also like subtly done? Is that, is that a like, cause I don't know that everybody would really connect the dots the same way you did. I agree with you. Absolutely. I didn't really think too much into it like that as far as like it basically takes all friendlies off the board. But I mean, it does. Yeah. You're right. And that's that's uh, really nice and it's neat and organized. I liked it from the artistic perspective. Of it fits the whole theme and it also gives an opportunity for a ton of really cool metaphor uh which is great and we'll you know do that when we do our notable and quick we'll have a couple that you know are very specifically tied to the imagery from from cold weather yeah yeah i think that you're right in terms of layering on just additional elements that crazy blizzard which you know we kind of lived through two of them this year here in the northeast uh in the you know in our last winter storms it just kind of reminded me of how bad those sucked and like how ultimately like, yeah, there was like, if you were smart, you were not out on the street. So the only people who would be out on the street are scumbags and junkies and Max just running through shooting all of them. Uh, So some other things that I really liked. um, So we talked about how dark this game is. This game is dark. The themes are dark. The kind the story beats are dark. The music is dark. The cutscenes with the graphic novels and the watercolor style is dark. And then we add Captain Baseball Bat Boy 
which is kind of like a, a peanuts riff, I guess I would say, because Captain Baseball Bad Boy feels very much like Charlie Brown to me. And Max will occasionally. So as you go through this game, there's different opportunities that you can uh, hit the action button on like a TV or a radio or a document uh, and, and trigger a cutscene. And one of the ones that you get a couple of times is as newspaper articles with Captain Baseball Bad Boy in them. And just the overall darkness of this game. And then you add in, you compare that kind of with this nice dichotomy of an innocent style peanuts kind of charm to this dirty underworld murder fest. And I think it just is so effective. Well, when you say the, you know, the dichotomy, it's great because that's like you've seen the, you know, your childhood ruined and, you know, that stuff. It's like the bastardization of like a, a pure, innocent type of uh art form yeah so yeah let's it's the you know it's like dennis the menace on drugs on valkyr you know <laughs> like yeah which by the way the symbol that they picked for valkyr that v with the syringe it's pretty dope <laughs> not to yeah. use i mean it's sort of on purpose my pun there but they had some really cool stuff and yeah the, really the world in the set is good like it feels like and i think you see kind of the best version of this, I think would obviously be something like the last of us where, and and like uncharted. So basically naughty dog is really good at this where every time you walk into a room or a space or a jungle or a setting, it feels complete. It feels like natural. Like it's, it's not overdressed or underdressed. It's like appropriately the the room is as like uh, you would expect it to be. And, and this game starts to have a little bit of those kind of elements because most of the places that Max walks into are like the shittiest of shit boxes uh, yeah. that have oh, ever this existed. Is a drug house. This is exactly what I think a drug house looks like. <laughs> yeah. Like the seedy motels, the seedy bars, the abandoned warehouses and things like that. Like the absolute most hideous shit boxes that have ever been conceived by man is where Max is running through in this whole game. And it does kind of feel pretty well executed when it comes to those kinds of things. So yeah, I would say that's, that's really effective too. Did you get a, did you get a little sense of maybe you didn't connect it, but you remember lethal enforcer. Uh, oh yeah. On the super NES that, you know, when the, they would pop out and always be like, you missed me. Or, you know, they would say something really stupid, like you can't shoot me. And it's like, wow. Yes, I can. It just you know, did. But like, <laughs> there was did you get any of that because there was a lot of audio like that where like when they would first notice that you were there it was like hey yeah that was like the most common one you know you would like alert the bad guys and all of a sudden they'd start saying like these you know pre-recorded things that are you know common to like read level of the game and it just always made, made me think of lethal enforcer uh such an awesome game too my god yeah i didn't make that connection at, at the time but I definitely see where you did for sure. Uh, Lethal Enforcer, another great throwback, an, an early uh, arcade shooter that uh, really blew up. Try playing um, that uh, with a control pad, like a normal controller, a super NES controller, because we did. Uh, we, yeah. we we co-opted that game with a, a blue, it looked like a three fifty seven uh, Magnum light gun, and then the green reticle on the screen was controlled by a D-pad and shoot, pushing a button. It was nuts. Yeah, I I guarantee if we went back and did it now, we'd hate the experience. So there's a level a little bit further on into the game where Max kind of gets he gets caught. He gets worked over with a bat and then he has to get out of this circumstance with just the bat 
and no painkillers. Uh, so painkillers, again, if you've never played this game, those are your, uh, instead of e- just eating random turkeys that you find in uh, 55 <laughs> gallon steel containers wheels, on the street. Wheels of that, cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> random feast. wheels of cheese. There's it's just like, Hey, I smashed this crate. Look, there's an apple. I'm going to eat it. There's a corner store my health. in the middle of the way. How weird. Yeah, it's uh, in, inside this crack house. I found a ham sandwich. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> like, so instead there's of no way that that's meth sprinkled on this ham, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Dijon meth. Um, instead of like that being kind of the health recovery system, uh, or even like med kits, because like I, you know, imagine getting shot seven times and just like, oh, look, here's a first aid kit that like somebody would have packed in like their camping gear. I'm sure that'll work yeah. on these six yeah. bullet wounds this I is have. uh you know um, bug bite relief but uh, i'm sure that'll work on 45 acp <laughs> oh absolutely I, i'm pretty sure that's what they teach in medical school um but so you know that's always kind of like one of those things we just accept about gaming right but in this game it's a little i've always felt that this was even a little more realistic because instead of it being a med kit it's literally just painkillers like that's how you restore your health in this game it's it's not that you uh really actually heal yourself you just ignore yeah, that the pain is there selling it yep you're just yeah. you're just canceling it it's it's not fixing or curing it's just like moderating it's, which i actually think is i think that's actually a really effective part of this that's game but apropos, so yes. yeah so we get to the scene i was describing where you know max just gets lumped up with this baseball bat and he uh, he ends up breaking out of the the handcuffs in the chair. He's got the bat. He's got no painkillers. His health is absolutely just pegged in terms of his damage. Because again, he just got lumped over with a baseball bat. And holy cow, that scene, that whole level is so hard because you've got to run up behind a couple of guys with the bat and take them out. They've got guns. There's a couple other hallways in a center area where there's guys with guns. So you've got to be able to take out a couple of guys, grab their guns, be able to reload. Your ammo is low. So you have to be able to take out each of these threats and grab their guns and their ammo and switch from whatever gun that you just ran dry to whatever gun you just picked up from that guy. It's a really hard level. And when I say hard, I don't, I don't mean that in like a complaint about this game or like something I disliked. I actually really enjoyed the difficulty of it because it really made you have to be strategic with how you went after which guy. Yeah. I was screwing around and I didn't quick save. So again, we're talking about the importance of quick saving to do it more than one. Yeah. (laughs) So there's some of those oxygen tanks and I was screwing around trying to smash up some of the, uh, the crates to see if there was ammo or, um, or, or, uh, painkillers or something like that. And I hit one of the oxygen tanks with the baseball bat and made it explode. And that killed me. Yeah, that's cool. Because that's how physics uh, works, everybody. Let's, let's and then and I had to restart the whole level. This metal tank with something blunt and also not metal, so no risk of spark. Right. And then it just <laughs> incinerates you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in terms of other things that really work for this game, uh, I want to talk about the final tower scene. Just be sure to quick save regularly and then don't worry about trying to save any of your ammo. Just go ham just have fun just throw use all your throwables your grenade launchers one really really that nice was a good time thing about playing on the difficulty i did was like literally the easiest possible one was that just plentiful ammo for the most part uh once you get like pretty much all the guns 
you just use one until you run out and then you pick a different one and you just keep doing that until you, cause you'll eventually find ammo for it. Like they're pretty generous. They are very generous in this game with ammo. You you don't typically find yourself running out of it. And, and as you get into higher difficulties, uh, you don't get as much, but I still on the, um, on hard boiled, I still found myself not often having to worry too much about ammo management. So you can just kind of, use the right tool for for that particular yeah, level I mean, for so the that, most that part, was a good like part you're always unless you're only using the berettas you're always going to have bread ammo so like yeah i would just all like i alternated mostly between the uh the the wingrams or the desert eagle because it's desert eagle um or a shotgun any of them because they're all awesome um and then the when you get that cult assault rifle uh that's pretty sweet too. Uh, it pretty much takes out everybody. Uh, and the really jackhammer was really effective. You got to um, wait till pretty late in the game to get it. Yeah, you only get that for such a brief moment. I wish there was a new game plus on this where you could just bring all your weapons. Because there was what level was it? I don't know what chapter, but like you lose. It was when you, the baseball bat one. You lose yeah. everything. Everything yeah. you've collected to that point, and you don't get it back. Like they don't have a special chest beside the exit of the jail cell. You just yeah, because that is RPG, a thing that happens in gaming. Yeah, RPG collect everything at once, like all oh, my gold. Oh, well, that's not a thing in Chrono Trigger uh, on the um, Blackbird. You had to go to like seven different rooms to get all your stuff. That was a pain in the ass. Yeah, but this uh, they don't do that. Like you just you acquire everything as you move on in the game, and maybe you don't because like there's certain guns that I think that I didn't get again. I don't think after you that. get the sawed off shotgun after that, which honestly is the weakest gun in the game. I think it's only got two shots and you, you know what, though, often need more than that. It's really the one that's most easily exploited with bullet time because you can fire pow, pow, both of them and then do a bullet time dive and it's an auto reload. Like they don't make you do an animation for it. So you can actually do five shots or four shots in no time at all. It's cheating. If it's a close, battle you know close quarters battle so uh those were kind of the things that i had on on my list of things that i really liked about this eric did you have anything uh that we haven't talked about yet in terms of things that really work about this game that you enjoyed on your most recent playthrough um i mean the bullet time itself is just so sweet it's yeah go ahead and let's talk about that for a bit all right because that's an important mechanic well this is like the, the the genesis of it i mean there's no other game like this this really brings that out. And then they start talking about, you know, they, by the way, in case you didn't know this, they made this work in a online competitive multiplayer situation where people can bullet time against each other. So um, I still don't quite get it, but it does work because I played it, but um, the bullet time is fantastic. It really gives you that every single encounter with a bad guy can be an action hero moment. Like literally every single time you see a bad guy, you have the chance to dive straight at him and shoot two Berettas at the same time and just fill him with bullets or dive sideways with a desert Eagle and just try to precisely blow him away. Or maybe it's like a, I got surprised in a stairwell. Good thing I have this sawed off dive backwards while I pow, pow unload both barrels. You know, we're like, oh, this is a room full of guys. I'm going to dive in here with my double arms, which are basically Uzis, uh, and just do a little spinorama and just melt everybody like a bullet hose. 
every single thing you they they urge you to do it they want you to use it they want you to do it as often as possible there's no cover system like i mean the cover exists but like you can't lock in you can't move from cover to cover like you would in like a gears of war or rainbow six that doesn't no no you're really not supposed to spend a lot of time hiding if you're hiding, no, you're supposed like, to shoot. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like if you're hiding behind cover, it's just so you can reload and maybe plot your next bullet time dive. Okay, because they want you to do it, and and by all means, you should, because that's what makes it fun. The bullet time is very generous with how much they give you. The only time you'll find yourself running out of bullet time is if you use just the standing, like freeze the time as you're standing. Um, that's yeah, the only which, time you'll tend to run out. That's effective. There's like a handful of moments in the game where it's really better for you to just freeze time and start start your killing spree from that point. Yeah, there's plenty of time where you just need that extra moment because you have good. to run. Yeah, you have to run as opposed to dive. And, and that's where that is more effective. But it does drain that bullet time meter a lot faster uh, so, well new york minute it doesn't like that's the, that difficulty is is cursed man like that's a really tough frustrating fight and if you if that's what you do like if that's your thing is to like overcome significant challenges in gaming by all means give it a shot it's i mean it's definitely one of the hall of fame challenges in all of gaming is to do the new york minute on the og max Payne. yeah that's definitely a challenge. So let's talk about some things that don't quite work uh, compared to what we did like. And we praise Ooh. the graphic novel style cutscenes, which they're fun. They're still cool. But I would say that the opening trauma of this game. So again, if you've not played it, um, it really does big kind of start. Warning. Yeah. Like so Max big, is. Serious. Yeah. So decide if it's, if something is going to bother you or not now. Uh, and, and then, you know, jump forward like 15 seconds or so. I think most pod uh, cast players will, will let you jump forward like 15 seconds or so. Uh, but Max's wife and child are killed by a junkie very early into this game. And the the emotional cutscene, like the cutscenes themselves are, of the graphic novel are cool. But a lot of this opening trauma is missing to me just because of how blocky these graphics look compared to today's games. Like it just really... I don't want to say I laughed at it, but it was bad. Like it just didn't it seriously. I would say that's, that's definitely the best way to describe it. It really was. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like honestly for me, it actually is a big, a bigger negative because it was like, they couldn't present this visually in, in a, an artistic way because why would you, it is what it is. It, it grounds the character in his free fall. Okay. Yeah. Um, because at that point, like it does give you the ultimate nothing to lose setup. Um, but it it's tough. It's really, but I did, I kind of like was angry at it. It was just like, you know what? You're not even really giving this to me in a realistic manner. And now it's kind of almost gratuitous, but I know that wasn't the goal, but it is how it comes off now, 20 years later. Yeah. I saw this and one, First things I thought of was that corporate really needs Pam to figure out uh, which picture is Goldeneye, which picture is Max Payne, and <laughs> she can't tell the difference because they're the same picture. They're the same they picture. Were, they're the, they're same. the same picture, pretty much. It's, and this is a whole generation past where Goldeneye was. So it, I don't know. I don't want to harp too badly on the graphics of a game that's twenty-two years old at this point, but it no, just yeah, doesn't like, land the same way. 
they could only work with what they had. And yeah. at the time, I remember thinking, holy hell. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It looked great. It looked fantastic. Yeah. It was fluid. So, the diving with the bullet time, like it, it all felt like, oh my God, this is like almost freaking VR. You know, yeah. like that's <laughs> how we felt. And it wasn't it, even it, close, but, that's but it was. That, for us, it was. Because back in our day, we had to walk uphill both ways through eight feet of snow to save the princess. So, yeah, get yeah. off my lawn. That's right. Um, With no backlight think... on your Game Boy. So, no, ha. none. If the batteries died, that was it. There was no saving. Um, <laughs> you had to also have light. Like You had to have light. Yeah. Uh, which is really hard if you're in the car with your parents driving home from your grandparents and it's dark and you're yelled at yeah. to turn and the light the off. Way, home from the grandparents does not include any street lights. This is all country, all yeah. farms. No, there's no street lights at all. Yeah. These yeah. kids and their iPhones, they don't know how good they <laughs> have it. <clears throat> and their Nintendo switches. They don't know. And get off my lawn again. So yeah. I will say that in terms of story, so it kind of starts off. So we see this traumatic, traumatic thing that happens to Max and it sets him on his course. So he goes undercover as a cop. He decides he's going to take out all these bad guys from the inside. And at the beginning of this game, isn't it a bit weird that no one else knew that Max was undercover? And instead of putting out like an, they put out this APB to go, go get him. And it's like, but he's, he's undercover. You should know this. Like there should be somebody that tells you, Hey, that's actually one of our guys. He's not a bad guy. Like instead of the cops chasing after him, like that whole thing didn't make sense to me. And he well, doesn't even so, bother changing his name either. He, no. he doesn't adopt a new identity. This is almost as well, bad as you? sending. <laughs> this is almost I'm as bad. You know, right where I'm going. I wouldn't well, I wouldn't <laughs> either. But I mean, if you're, if that's your real name and you're going undercover, as a cop, you would change your name to something else. That's almost as bad as sending Luke F. Skywalker to live on <laughs> Anakin's home planet with his aunt on and uncle Tatooine. and not even bother to change his name. It's almost with as bad as that. that. Sand and the, the binary center. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. I'm not going to rip on uh, the prequel trilogy right know. now because that's a whole other show. Um, so that to Dead me horse. just doesn't really work. Yeah. Dead horse. Um, all right, so let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. This game really sucks when it forgets it's not a platformer. There's oh, narrow man. hallways, and anytime like, you have to do Metroid? jumping, oh, it's awful. The platforming parts of this game are absolutely atrocious. So we get to a scene where Mona kind of roofies Max, and you get this nightmare scene in his old house, and it just sucks. Like you're running down hallways without any indication of how to get out of it. Like you're just going in circles and there's this creepy lullaby music and his dead wife is screaming, yeah. no Max, please. And it's just creepy. Yeah. Now I will say this as a storytelling device, it is effective as hell, but in terms of a game that I'm trying to play for fun, it's not fun at all. Like yeah, there's like no obvious way to get waking, out. Waking nightmares. It's it's just not fun. And if it then, was if it was a cutscene that I had to sit through, like, oh yeah, it would have been creepy. It would be much better storytelling. But it it wasn't a cutscene that I had to sit through to see something that was coming next. It was an actual segment of the game that I had to play through and endure. And, and just and be frustrated. That's the problem. I shouldn't have to endure your bullshit as, right. a, as a, a game designer. I should I should have to suffer through some challenges, but like if you're just throwing me out on the tiniest 
three pixel path and then giving you no direction whatsoever, which again, like I'm believing I'm, I'm so deep into my like ninth playthrough of dark souls on my switch right now. Okay. I like hard, but I like them when they're fair. That's why I like dark souls. This stupid nonsense running around on a blood path or a V path. Cause you get to do it again, by the way, it's yeah. not just the one time. Right. But you, in, in the physics change too. Cause like your jumps last for a crazy amount of time, but never long yeah. enough to really make it when you're trying to make a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we get through those hallways and then you get onto the blood path that you're mentioning and i remembered hating this but this is remarkably black remarkably bad yeah. i would say this is my least favorite video game level of all time i mean it is up there with the battle toads speeder bikes the the ninja turtles water level that's like notorious i mean seriously Electric like seaweed. like uh, yeah like f this level like it is it is unspeakably bad, inexcusably bad. I mean, this whole nightmare level almost makes this game unplayable because you know yeah. that it's coming. Like if you've played it before, you know it's coming and you're like, all right, let me just suffer through this. And and it would be bad if it was once, but we get another nightmare scene when he's under the influence of V. And, and I had originally written, down, oh, this nightmare scene isn't necessarily frustrating because then you kind of get some meta stuff in there where he answers the phone and he, he kind of makes reference to it being a oh, video there's game. There's a lot of meta stuff in and, this whole game. Yeah, and it's funny, but is it necessary? And I don't know the answer to that. So if I don't know if it's necessary or not, that leads me to believe it's probably not. So there's, there's the meta stuff where it refers to him being in a video game. There's another one that refers to him being in a graphic novel. And uh, so initially I was like, oh, this nightmare scene. Okay, this one's not bad. And then I forgot that the blood trails actually make you jump from one to another uh, or go yeah. from up to down. Change and, elevation. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like the physics change. So you can kind of float a little bit, but there's no... Like there's no obvious way to get out. And I think that's another thing when, you know, we talked about the popularity of some of these old games, like as much as I love like Chrono Trigger and some of those like square games from the Super Nintendo era, there's like just even something as simple as a waypoint on your map to tell you where you need to go next. Like we take that stuff for granted and like none of those old games yeah. have it and it makes them well, so much harder. Well, the old ones you found out and you're talking about like the RPGs you found out because you talked to every NPC, everybody yeah. you talked, you to had them. to talk to everybody. And then they, like, some of the, like you had to kind of know what was going on a little bit. You had to pay attention. You really did. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. Video games used to come with a booklet that had a ton of really cool, behind the scenes lore and artwork and it was really awesome and you got to learn so much stuff but the really and good map. games well yeah there would be a map but like the really good games they had like pages of notes it's just labeled notes and they gave you lined blank pages where you could write stuff down because you had to do that to figure out what the hell to do there yeah. was no objectives can you imagine just like so your life is busy life is busy there will be whole weeks that I'll go by without touching any kind of video game other than like clash of clans on my phone. Right. It's really terrible. It is. Yeah. And then I'll pick it up. So I I'm in the middle of um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've been, I've been rocking exo prime uh, exo primal lately and, and kind of neglected. And I've obviously been playing max Payne for this, 
and I haven't played Valhalla in at least two months. I'm going to pick it up and not remember what the damn buttons do. And I'm not going to remember where I was yeah. going. But the difference is there's waypoints. There's like all of the different missions that I've been assigned. Uh-huh. I can just hit a button and it'll tell me where to go. And I just fast travel and I can kind of figure and... it out. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. It, you, it's you have so to much get, better. Like, eight trillion flags in an Assassin's Creed game for HBO. Well, if, you, if you're if you like, <laughs> I, I'm, I have no interest in that. And that's kind of one of the things I liked about, about this game. But yeah, so these... these uh, platforming blood trail missions with the nightmares is absolutely terrible so there's nothing more i can say than one of my favorites from tommy boy huge embarrassing failure yeah so eric i have a list of mild tortures to inflict on the level designer for these nightmare levels and i want you to tell me which of these you feel would be most appropriate to have to be inflicted on whoever created these levels and was like yeah these are good i'm going to make people play these can i so, can i suggest one before you even start can oh I go ahead say, yeah because this is like where my barometer is here yeah make them take like 180 grit sandpaper to the asshole of an alligator inside a phone booth. That's that's a good one. That's up there. So so here's the first one I got, which I think is on that level. All right, good. How, you've got to do a 5K barefoot or Legos. Oh, man. Can yeah. You imagine taking yeah. one of those two by fours just like that just landed up to the yeah. arch of your foot. Yeah. <laughs> That's whatever that's the punishment kind of... is for not completing it. I'll just take it right now. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. kill me right now. <laughs> right. And for those of you listening who've never played this game and you're wondering, could the level they're describing really be that bad? It's literally like the gaming oh, equivalent of running a 5K barefoot over Legos. And listen, I wished all this death on these people while I was playing it on the easiest difficulty. Just keep that yeah. in mind. Well, and I don't even really feel like the difficulty changes, like the difficulty level changes how bad those levels well, suck. No, no. It doesn't it really doesn't, change it. But that's the thing. I had no other stress from that game. Yeah. I didn't have, like, I didn't just hard fight, sweat my way through all these chapters of the game to get to this piece of shit level. Where you, <laughs> it's awful. You have to so, barely balance on something with kind of crappy graphics. And yeah. judge stuff where the physics doesn't actually line up with anything that you've played yet at this point. So. so I've described these as blood trails, basically, and I feel like I haven't really accurately described it for somebody who's never played this. You have to follow. So you get through these nightmare hallways and eventually you get through the labyrinth and get to these hallways. There's no clear indication of where you're supposed to go next. You just follow While this listening to blood trail. Your, your wife scream like her and baby scream. Yeah, and a baby screaming, and you know they're both dead. Like at this point in the game, you know they both died, and you're hearing this constantly while you're running on this stupid nonsense with this creepy lullaby playing too. Yeah. Yes. So, and this blood trail—if you even get two centimeters off of it, you fall and you have to restart. Unless you've quick saved, which you need to quick save a lot, but you fall. Oh, off this is all where I saved scummed hard. Yeah, and shamelessly. You fall off all the time. There's dead ends to this thing. There's no clear indication of how to get out. And it's dark, so you can't even see the exit. Like, of where yeah, you're trying you're to gonna get You're going to be like, oh, look, I can see that path down there. I'm going to jump to it because I can see it. And you fall off. Jump to it, and you can't. You're not going to be able to jump to it. <laughs> just, you can't. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, 5K over Legos. Um, an eight-hour road trip with a group of middle school girls talking about Taylor Swift the No Way. 
or the hallway and there's no air conditioning. Oh. oh. How do you feel about that one? What month is it? August. In what region of the United States or planet? Texas? That's like 11. Yeah. On a one to 10. That's bad. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah, okay. that, that one's bad. Uh, all, right. For, all right. So forced to play the water level of the original Ninja Turtles game. No, I'll do that because it's, it's still gaming. Like, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so uh, another punishment I, I'd like to possibly inflict on the, the designer of this, this level. Um, every time their favorite sports team plays, it's filled with unskippable political ads. Oh, yeah, that that's, that's pretty, pretty awful. Like to have to on somebody <laughs> constantly. Oh, yeah. Everything's a political ad. It doesn't even matter if it's an election season. It's just political. No, ads. Just, could you bring some back from like the early aughts? Cause that would be hilarious. Oh, those too. are bad too. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Permanently bad cell signal. Just permanently bad. Always a bad like connection. Every 3.7th word. Cause you can't predict it. Right. Like let me throw a prime number in there real quick. And then like, like you can't understand just drops out. So another punishment I'd, I'd possibly inflict on the designer of this level, uh, their phone is no longer allowed or they're not allowed to modify their phone's autocorrection of the word duck. It's always duck. No matter what they do, it's always going to just be duck. Unless they actually mean duck. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Cause that would be better. Yeah. The, the next punishment for the designer of this nightmare level, uh, Bill Lumberg for your boss. Mm. Wow. Cause yeah. and then, but you know what? He's like a sociopath. So I think I could deal with him. One <laughs> of my people. Yeah. Uh, all right. The last one I've got is always have wet socks. That would be the end of the world for me. I couldn't possibly deal with that. Uh, so that's my list of punishments. Which of those do you think is your uh, preferred punishment for the designers of this level? Honestly, the middle schoolers with Taylor Swift and no AC in Texas in August, that's, I, I, I can't think of a thing worse than that. Yeah. I kind of almost have a version of that in my house, but, um, you do. Yep. I do. Yeah. I, I've, I've got a, cool. I've got a 13 year old. That's a, a hardcore Swifty that lives with me. Um, so Eric, was there anything that I didn't cover, uh, for things that you don't particularly care for, or didn't like about this game on your most recent playthrough? Yeah. So like, you'll, and this is a, uh, and the generational thing, but playing this in 2001 or two did not, it did not occur to me at all, but playing this in 2023, man, did they like write a lot of letters? Like, oh my God. These, I know nobody texted anybody. There's just letters written, everywhere. And they're not just writing them, but they're just leaving them sit out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. they're not sending them to people. They don't. They don't know about the face of it. Like fully incriminating documents, too. It's like not even close to believable. That's like the biggest problem I have, aside from the terrible blood trail, Valkyr trail bullshit. All these letters being written and just left out for people, and it's like you're writing a letter to your your nemesis. Are you serious? Just show up and kill the guy. Why? What do you do? Like. <laughs> Kind of, what kind of villain are you where you're just writing a letter saying like oh damn you damn you and such like come on dude there was a lot of that and just leaving them sit out like these are these are supposed to be high level like mafioso you know caliber criminals and they're just leaving incriminating evidence laying around while their idiot henchmen get just completely murdered by one guy that can't kill him so your your payroll and HR problems aside, 
you're also struggling big time with confidentiality. Okay. Just not oh, yeah. right, really not running a good criminal enterprise at all. It's uh it's a shame. So that doesn't work. Um the some of the over the tops just metaphorical stuff. It, it was a little, some of it was heavy handed. The they leaned into the weird and occult demon satanic stuff um pretty hard at certain points. It it did work with the tone of like what Valkyr was about, like if you were really paying attention to it. Um but it was still like I don't know. There's a lot about this game that just feels like it was it was let me borrow from every eighties and nineties action flick. I think that's pretty fair. Um I- I guess you just have to decide how much of the occult stuff you really think is effective and how much of it is just like, all right, yeah, let's move on. Because this is a mind altering drug. I mean, this is really ultimately all about Valkyrie, right? Like this is, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not weed. Okay. This isn't, this isn't even cocaine where it, 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 you know, gives you this, uh, enhancement. It's, it's, it's like PCP stuff. or meth yes. really is, is yeah, probably it's really, what it's like very delusional behavior and it it completely ruins your mind. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, some of the bad guys here. Um, We're going to bring over villainy index from our movie (laughs) reviews and uh, Eric on a scale of one to 10. And um, you know, I guess in terms of villains, you know, you've got Don Puntinello, you've got Jack Lapino uh, and then you've got uh, horn is kind of the, the big bad at the end. She's, you know, kind of the head of Acer. She's the one that put out the hit on Max's family. You know, she's your your final boss, I guess, as you kind of hunt her down in her chopper. Uh, but in, in a scale of one to ten, uh, how would you rate the overall villainy index of the uh, bad guys in this game? And the scale is this. Uh, ten is going to be Kefka from the uh, Final Fantasy 3 U.S. version. Yes, I call it Final Fantasy 3 because that's how it was really. And uh, one is going to be King Hippo from Punch-Out!, uh, yeah. Where do you generally rank the uh, bad guys uh, in Max Payne? Well, so I'm going to say like just generally six and a half. I, you know, I kind of think I'm in that range too. I, I feel six and a half is where I'm going to end up. It's, you know, there's so many twists and turns in this game. It almost feels at times a little bit derivative that it's just like, Oh, okay. We thought we were going this way. And then they have like this whole subplot with this guy Woden that is like uh, like a a behind the scenes guy controlling everything. Yeah. And there's also like some strange, like disruption in the management and chain of command. Like there's like a whole middle management coup. Yeah. It's also happening. You have the sidetrack too. There's too many characters. There's way too many characters. Yeah, and I'd kind of forgotten. Uh, yeah, there's the the scene where the uh, the the Russian crime boss kind of sends you onto the ship to take this guy out, and you're gonna get all the yeah, guns the whole, from him. It's just like you, you've already got a lot of guns. Friend. Yeah, like I, I'm already packing. Like I'm loaded for a really big bear here. <laughs> I yeah. don't need. I mean, if when you're not talking about like Skyrim level like kit that you're carrying around, like what's the most guns a person could possibly carry, like and actually use? So unreasonable, yes. Yeah, very unreasonable. So we talked about some of the just the the extended metaphors and and 
you know, just some of the, the fun of this game is, is from that storytelling. So something we're going to carry over from our movie reviews is a segment we call Notable and Quotable. And uh, I've got a couple here, Eric, and I'll see if you have any that I don't. Um, you're getting ready to fight Jack Lapino, and uh, Lapino is kind of a, a mob, you know, I wouldn't say he's a mob boss. He's kind of like an underling, really. And he's all hopped up on V. And uh, he's, he's just, he's pretty much drinking it from a fire hose. And uh, Max has this great line. Uh, Lupino was pumped up and ready to go 15 rounds with a mutant alligator. I mean, that's just a great line. I love that bit. Yeah. That level sucks, but that's a great line. Oh, no, that was really good. I had that one. So yeah, good, good mention. Uh, there's another scene where uh, shortly after that, I think Mona uh, runs into Max and uh, Max says to her, check my credentials splattered all over this building. That's a great, that's, that's like, a, that's a classic like line. Master P. <laughs> such a baller thing yeah. to say. Yeah, that, that's a great one. Um, <laughs> I think maybe my favorite was uh, later on in the game. You'd find that Lady Luck was a real hooker and you were fresh out of cash. Yeah, well, because, I mean, it, it puts you into a thought experiment, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, like, right. you start <laughs> thinking, like, that's what a really good, just, it, heaven bless the writers, you know, and if you start thinking in that way, you start understanding some of the stress that comes with this game. Because honestly, if you're not in a good place mentally, like, this is not a good game to play, but like. Oh, no, don't play this game at night. This is a stressful game. It's it's a stressful experience. And the one that I really like was when he jumps on the train. It's in chapter seven of part one. Or, um, he jumps off this building onto the train and he says, freezing wind tearing at my face like sandpaper and razors. So like if that imagery is not enough, then he says, ice hard and slick under my hands and feet. Somewhere in the background, the wail of sirens, the the city howling after me. It really puts you into this dude is on the run from police, like actual police who don't know any better. They think he's a scumbag. He's on the run from uh, organized crime from like, what, at least two different families. And that's not to mention just that you're run of the mill third type of everyday Jago who just happens to be shooting Valkyr or be just a normal criminal who wants to rob somebody, you're just going to encounter them as you progress through your, your quest here. I would say you kind of talked touched on this a bit. If you're thinking about playing this game and you're not in the best place mentally, maybe don't <laughs> like, yeah, maybe don't. I mean, it's like, well, not to joke. I mean, it is a little bit humorous, but also at the same time, like there's, there's some pretty vivid imagery it is pretty serious and pretty intense. There's parts of this game that aren't fully edible and it's not just because it's hard. It's because it's hard to absorb, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, anything else you had for notable and quotable? Uh, I think just the name Ragnarok, by the way, is super dope. Like that's such a rad game, like name for a, a club. And yeah. they also had a very rad beat the entire time that you're running through that level. So you mentioned the uh, score that's playing during the Ragnarok levels. And yeah, that cool sort of dark industrial rock yeah. beat. Thumpy, it's going to bring us to our next it's segment. Consistent. It's just constantly, it's always there. 
but it's not always like quite annoying. It's not like a bee buzzing. It's going to bring us to our next segment, Eric's EPU extended playlist. Uh, Eric, uh, tell us a little bit. So listeners, if this is your first time checking out the extended podcast universe, uh, when Eric and I review movies, uh, Eric always uh, loves, you know, diving into the, the films music. Um, so now we're talking about gaming. And one of the things that he does for each of the episodes we put together with the exception of gold Knight, cause it's just nothing really fit there yeah. is uh, he puts together a Spotify playlist that, uh, it sometimes is lifted directly from the film or just generally things that uh, key into the vibe of the film. So, Eric, what do you have for listeners uh, on the playlist you've assembled and curated for the Max Payne video game? Oh, it's all about the vibe, like you said. So for this, we really just went with some good old fashioned hard rock and new metal from the, the late 90s and early aughts. Um, when this game was released because it, it just fits so beautifully. So we have Filter, we have Disturb, we have Corn, Marilyn Manson, we have Tool. Honestly, the Tool stuff is from, from actually more recently because it just fits really well. But uh, Godsmack, Stabbing Westward, Static X, Rammstein, uh, Rob Zombie, Metallica, Deftones. Uh, and then we ended with a song called Tears from a band called Health. Was actually on the Max Payne Three uh, game playlist itself. It actually played during the game. Um, ended with it because it sounds awesome. If you listen to this playlist on Spotify, uh, you're looking for uh, MGTTM. That's that goes to the movies extended podcast universe. So it's MGTTM EPU. Our playlist is called Bullet Time. Uh, I figured that was the most appropriate name possible for the playlist. You could very easily be listening to that playlist while playing that game and nothing would feel out of sorts at all. And that was kind of my goal here was uh, I very literally was absolutely listening to at least a few of these songs while I was playing this game at one point in my life. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of great industrial rock and metal and stuff like that. So it fits it really well. Uh, just like every other time you put this together, when you're listening to one of these playlists, it gets you just in the overall mood. And it makes you want to like go back and watch that movie or play that game uh, just because you kind of catch a little bit of the vibe of it. So uh, listeners, make sure you check that out. It will also be linked in the show notes so you can find that on Spotify pretty easily. So that's going to bring us to what we would normally call is our rewatchability rating. Uh, but we're going to call this because we're talking about gaming, uh, replayability rating and Pantheon points. So we're going to kind of just assign some some ratings to this. Uh, so listeners, if you if you've listened to other episodes of uh, of the EPU, you'll know we've got a rewatchability rating based on you know how much we would interact with the film again in the future. Uh, so we're going to kind of change this up a little bit because it is based on gaming. So here's how it's going to work. It's a scale of one to five. So five, it holds up still to this day as an all-time classic, nearly perfect. Four, I love this game, but it's maybe one or two pieces from being a five. Three, you know, wow, this is really good, but it really needs a modern remake because the standard of gaming is blown past it. Two, this was fun, but I struggle to think about why I'd play this again. One, this just doesn't hold up the way I thought it did. So, Eric, I'll let you go first. Where do you rank this game, uh, most recent playthrough, uh, on that scale of one to five? So, I'm going to be really adhering to your scale as much as I can with comparatively with how I feel. Uh, because one is 
to me, like my response was, man, this did not hold up. Like I didn't think at all going into it because I'm, I'm pretty generous when it comes to the, the um, art style and graphics and stuff. Like I, I, I consider the, the technology that's available at the time my experience you know as long as the game is good the game's good you know i don't care what it looks like so much this one didn't hold up as well as i thought because of i mean the graphics that was one thing but the the other part of it was just the story itself just so cliche it was like they really didn't create anything new in terms of story gameplay wise they created a lot of stuff that was very new uh and it was really really awesome um so i i just I had a hard time trying to rectify my real, honest, authentic, genuine overall number. I'm going to say two nine because I do wholeheartedly agree with your three rating, except I don't think it's harsh enough. So I wanted to just be right under three. It does deserve a remake. This game could be explosive. So for a game that I have spoken highly about in the past, looking at this scale, thinking about, you know, three is basically saying there's something here, but if they did a, a modern HD remake, which seems to be very in vogue lately, that might be the right answer. As this game sits in its current form, I don't know why I would play it again. So to me, I'm right in between. I'm kind of with you, but I'm actually going two and a half uh, on the replayability oh, wow. rating. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know that I would like this game in this form. I don't know why I would replay it again. Oh, I wouldn't, but I, I definitely wouldn't unless they did a remake. If they, if right. they released a remaster, then I would, but a remaster that I would probably play. So, yes. and it's funny because uh, when I was doing some research for this, I discovered that sometime last year, a remake of this game was announced yeah. and it's going to be Max oh. Payne one and two uh, on the same disc. So, which by the way, the second one was so sick too, because you, by the way, get dual Desert Eagles. That's the only thing I can tell you right now that I remember. It's so much yeah. better. I actually <laughs> never finished the second game, I, and I know you oh, enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I never finished it. Although, uh, did you ever end up playing the third one that came out? I think it was I an did. Xbox 360. Uh-huh. I think I beat it, but I and I also did spend at least an afternoon on the competitive multiplayer. That's where like the bullet time multiplayer thing came in, and it was pretty sick. Like I, I wish it would have caught on better because it deserved a better uh, turnout. It was much better product than the support that it got. I, I am kind of looking forward to a, a remake because it seems like a character that, and Rockstar is an interesting company because they they make stuff when they get around to it. So you think about oh, how man. massive GTA is and how long it's been since we've had a proper GTA. I, I know the online uh, scene is, is still kicking hard. Looking at the physical copy of it, and yeah. that thing is how old? Like I got it. That's my well, that's my like release day. Copy. I played it on Xbox 360. So yeah, yeah, it's wow. old. Yeah, yeah. That's that's when I played it. But they kind of get to it when they when they get to it. Well, so, it's on their own terms too. It's not like a lazy thing. It's a yeah. Hey, by the way, we just put out this Red Dead Redemption two. That's um, like maybe one of the greatest games in a generation. Um, yeah, you know, so like I, we're all fiending for it, we're dying for it. But like, this is wholly different. This is Max Payne is not GTA. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because I think when you think about Rockstar, you'll probably think, obviously you'll think GTA and you'll think Red Dead Redemption and, and Max Payne, I think kind of gets forgotten about a little bit, which is sad because I've, I played through, I think at least half of the second game, but the first one at the time I loved, I enjoyed the third one. I really, really enjoyed it. And I, and I don't know that enough people got the chance to check it out. So that's going to kind of lead us into our, our next sort of ranking. So here on Rob's reviews, when we're looking backwards into stuff that we've, we've liked for a long period of time, it's hard when you get some of these classic things to really like just score it. Like, is it your favorite thing ever? Well, it's, that's hard to decide sometimes. So we have this thing we call Pantheon points where we literally just make up ratings for stuff. We literally just ranking on the spot, just what, however you're feeling at that moment in time. So at, at one time here on Matt goes to the movies, we did a, a, a four part series on our top 100 video games where each of each of the panelists, uh, we went through 25 at a time uh, and talked about our, our top 100 games. And um, I had this at the time I look back at my notes. This was at the time I made the list, my 53rd favorite game of all time. And I feel like just on nostalgia alone, I can leave it there. I, I there's probably a couple I could put in front of it that have come out since then uh, that I or if I went back and relooked at the list, I'd move something just on nostalgia alone. I feel still pretty good that it's, you know, top 55, let's say uh, it is not in my top t- five Rockstar games. I think that's pretty easy. I'd say it's likely in my top 10 favorite Rockstar games. And uh, I think that's where I've got this in terms of just pantheons that i'll rank in uh eric what do you have i would say top 10 rockstar games um top five non-gta non (laughs) no i don't want to do it (laughs) all right non-gta non red dead redemption well of course it's top five when you take those ones out (laughs) (laughs) um that's not really going out on a very that's that's a hot take you got there eric that's a real hot take Chill. Good one, Skip. I'm I'm giving everybody picks at like minus 100 here, okay? So I would say it's probably top 20 third-person shooter that's not Gears or Rainbow Six related. Okay. Um, Definitely top five film noir attempts that's not play noir. Mm. And... I'm going to probably just go ahead and call it at that because I don't, I honestly, I feel a little bit ashamed here. I, I gotta be, I have a, I have to have a, like a vulnerable moment here with our, our listeners. I wanted this game to be better than it was because it was better for me 20 years ago. Um, yeah. I did not like it. I honestly, I felt like it was a chore and I, I specifically made sure to play it when I had no other external stimuli or pressures. Like I had nothing else that I was responsible for except just play this game and make notes of it. The action sequences, like the set piece ones, like the ones that were like made to be played multiple times because they're hard, those were good. I didn't care for the minor interactions that were way harder than they needed to be obviously the the blood trail and v-trail moments were terrible um some stuff was like not really explained very well you didn't really know where to go like there was one part i remember going in and out of climbing outside of a building window 
walking across the ledge, figuring out room to go into. And not that you rely so much on a waypoint indicator or things like that, but just if you're not going to give me that, you need to give me something a little bit better than just figure it out. Okay. So there's a lot about this game that didn't work for me anymore. And I was super bummed about it. And there was just like some moments that were like, is this meta or is this tongue in cheek? I, I literally wrote it down IDK WTF on purpose <laughs> is it satire or is this like spy world jargon there were parts like i just i didn't know how to feel about it anymore which was a i guess a new emotion for me um it's something i was connecting with decades later because like I've, i haven't picked this game up and you know it literally like two decades you know and I fully connect with my younger self the way that I do when I play Final Fantasy three or Chrono Trigger. Mm. You know, like it didn't I didn't meld the same way with the younger soul that, you know, I did with this. It was so sick. I re- I remember distinctly how it felt playing it the first time. That feeling was fun when I played it this time. It was still fun. It was still entertaining. Don't get me wrong. If this is your first go, like if you've never done it, it's well worth the $9 or $15, I think, when I got it for uh, the electronic copy. Well worth that, for sure. Especially if you want to, you know, if you like a challenge, because you'll play it three, four times. It's, uh, you know, it's like eight, ten hours worth of, of fun per play. There's no doubt that it's entertaining, but it definitely does not hit the same way that it did. Yeah, it's... I, I absolutely understand the emotion you're describing where it's like, I wanted this to be good and it just doesn't really hold up the same way. I thought of another Pantheon uh, and this is going to sound maybe contradictory because I just kind of said how this doesn't really hold up. But when I think about that original Xbox GameCube PlayStation two era of games, I think this is probably in my top 15 of its era. I'm trying to think if I reliably have 15 more games from that no, that's time a, period. Man, like, oh, yeah, that's way better. There, than this. There's some heavy hitters in that era. There's so uh, that is, you, get, uh, you get two Halos, you get GTA Vi- Vice City and GTA 3 is in there. I mean, you know, those for sure. Forget you get about Ratchet and Clank. I mean, you've got, yeah. like, PlayStation had some really I, cool cartoony stuff that, that ran away. I, I still think it's... Uh, I still, I'm still going to probably say it's top 15. So that's You're talking about twisted metal and Gran Turismo. Yeah. So that's, that's going to do it. Uh, would invite listeners to check out the show. MGTTM podcast at gmail.com. Send an email with any of your thoughts. If you have suggestions for us to cover on older games, we'll certainly take a listen to it. Don't give us any like hundred plus hour games to go back and play. I'm not doing that. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> it's just, that's, that's just not going to happen. I've already done it. Uh, yeah. Like Skyrim. I'm in oblivion. I could talk about this yeah. forever. Yeah, we're not doing that. But uh, send your thoughts. If uh, if you've played this game, send us your thoughts on that. MGTTMpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, certainly subscribe to the show anywhere you're listening to this now. Uh, you can get it pretty much every platform that podcasts are available. You can also find the show on any social media site that you're looking for. So all the big ones, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I think it's called X now. Whatever's going on there. I don't know. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> Instagram, everywhere you want to be online, YouTube, uh, you can find Matt goes to the movies. Lots of good stuff coming. We just wrapped up our first four, uh, 
reviews of the Indiana Jones series, Dial of Destiny, we are getting to. I promise we are going to finish this series. We've had some technical uh, gaffes that have prevented us from being able to finish it. Uh, the uh, review that we did for Last Crusade should still be coming. There was unfortunately a small technical issue with that that we're working through to try to do because I know there was some people that have been asking about it. That was a lot of fun to record. So I'm hoping we can get that out soon. And then we've got all kinds of fun stuff coming. We've been on a little bit of a break for the summer months, but uh, we're looking forward to getting back into a little more regular rhythm. So if you've got any suggestions or thoughts, uh, there's all kinds of great stuff coming out between now and the rest of the year. Ahsoka's coming out uh, towards the end of this month. Eric, are you excited for Ahsoka? (laughs) I can't even talk about it without making the stupidest face. Yeah. (laughs) You just. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of hyped for it. Um, if you spent excited. any amount of time at all watching the Clone Wars animated series, you have to be just salivating for Ahsoka. And so Rosario I've started Dawson, it. First of all, is just she's amazing. Okay, but like this, if you if you watched at all the episode with her in it of of Mandalorian, it's so good, and she's so good. She fits the character so well. Oh man, it's going to be amazing. Did you plug your MySpace? By the way, did you guys do you have that? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't plug <laughs> MySpace. I also forgot to uh, uh, link to our Friendster. Truth Social account. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't have that one either. Uh, well, but like I said, it's everywhere on the internet you want to be. Uh, you can find Matt goes to the movie. So, uh, listeners. Yeah. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the show. Make sure you leave reviews wherever you can leave reviews. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to getting back with Matt on the big show. We've got all kinds of fun stuff we've been talking about that we are so excited to uh, bring to you, the listener. So uh, thank you again. Uh, it really means a lot to know that uh, people chose to download this and listen to this and hear these words. Uh, it, it's really awesome when uh, people give feedback to and, and we get to hear from listeners through email. So uh, if, yeah. you, if you're not sure if I no, met yeah. you, yeah, if you're not yeah, sure if I met you, you. I actually do mean you like you're the person with the AirPods in right now. I mean you. Yes, you. Yeah. Make sure you check out, uh, like I said, the link to the playlist is down below. You can certainly uh, just kind of subscribe to or follow Eric on on Spotify and uh, you can find all of the other playlists pretty easy. Uh, Eric, what would your recommendation just real quick as we as we uh, wrap up? What would be your recommendation? What's this playlist for? Like, what is the activity you're doing when you select this as, as what um, you're going to listen to? All right. If you're not concerned with, like, obeying the law to the letter, then this is good for driving. Yeah. Um, don't listen to this if you've got a cop <laughs> behind you. Like, just don't do that. It's, it's definitely meant to be full volume. If, you're, if your thing goes to 10, you need to turn it to 11. Uh, if you are trying to beat your uh, max rep, uh, you know, or 80%, whatever it is, you know, on your bench or squat, this is a good one for that too. I, I freaking love it. I've listened to it uh, for like the last week and a half. It goes really hard. That's the best I could say about it. It just goes really hard. Yeah. Uh, I will co-sign on that. It's another, another great uh, addition. So, uh, listeners, once again, thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you again very soon on the big show and occasionally here on the EPU at Matt Goes to the Movies.